0: Welcome to This Week in Finance, a podcast by financial friends where I will be covering everything that has happened this week in finance. I'm very excited to start this new pilot um, of season two kind of of the Financial Friends podcast. Obviously, a little bit of a change of direction. Um, And if you're watching this on YouTube, it's also going to be a little series over there, more or less a podcast. Just of my thoughts on things that have went on uh, this week in finance. That's really going to be it. Um, It's going to be a chill, kind of relaxed podcast. Nothing super strict. No cuts, no editing, none of that. Just a raw video of my thoughts of what's been going on this week in finance. So if you are listening to this on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, I wanna say thank you for listening. And if you would like to view the podcast, you can always go ahead and do so on YouTube. Obviously, what you are seeing right now on YouTube is my screen, um, and I'll be showing some articles and things like that throughout you know, the duration of this video. Or you can just go ahead and listen um, you know, on your device or whatever you are listening on now, and you will hear all of my thoughts on what is going on this week in finance. So with that being said, we are going to jump back from January uh, 20th, and we're going to go all the way to January 27th. That's going to be the week. Obviously, that's a Thursday to a Thursday, a little bit unconventional, uh, but it's just really what works for me. And so that's what you guys are going to get. So I want to talk about this week so far in terms of volatility i mean the market has been crazy so this is where if you're watching on youtube you'll be able to go ahead and see what i'm seeing so you could see here this is the dow jones industrial average for those who are kind of just tuning in um down up down up down up that's all you need to know the market has been absolutely crazy uh just yesterday actually wednesday when jerome powell was speaking he mentioned some things uh, that basically set the market on just a just a plummet downwards. But I mean, in all reality, we've literally seen that every single day this week. A lot of talks of inflation, obviously, when is the Fed going to be, you know, hiking their rates? I think they came out and said about March, I didn't really tune into that Jerome Powell thing. But um, I still think that it's, you know, interesting, like, what they're even talking about is moving markets, shifting markets. Um, Yeah, down up, down up, down up, I'm gonna kind of share my strategy through all this. Uh, I started investing back in 2020, July of 2020. And so for me, that was a very you know just straight up time. Obviously, we had just had the dip back in March of 2020 um, from the thing, um, if everyone knows what I'm talking about. And it was straight up from there. So I really got on this roller coaster that was just heading right to the top. No thought process was needed. Anything I bought just went up. And I don't want to say like that's what I thought was just gonna happen all the time, um, but I was just oblivious to the fact of like what else could be going on in the markets. And so I kinda of just continued to buy in over and over and over again. And obviously I ended up buying at some very high points in the market, which isn't necessarily like the greatest thing in the world, but it's also not the worst because it, it really taught me that lesson of like, okay, we're at the the top now how do you move from here, right? Do you continue to buy in? What positions are you looking at? And so now that we've seen this dip over the past couple of really just the past week or so, maybe two weeks, it's definitely given me some opportunity to lower my cost basis on some positions and then just continue to ride that wave downward as well, which I'm definitely, um, you know, unfortunately thankful for, for my long-term positions. Obviously I'm very, very, very focused just straight out into the future. Not really worried about what's going on in the current, really, at all. Um, I'm buying blue chip companies, dividend companies, etc. And just, I'm going to continue to make those purchases out into the future. So, that's kind of what's been going on, at least in terms of volatility. Um, you know, Interest rates, Jerome Powell tanking markets, Jerome Powell trying to just, you know, cure what has been going on in terms of inflation, which is definitely very necessary. Um, it just is going to take markets with it. And that's perfectly fine, I think, by... You know our standards as a whole um, we don't want that runaway inflation or uh, mega inflation hyperinflation um, to, to start to you know really take an effect on our economy and our lives you know day to day so moving on from that topic um, if again you're watching me here on YouTube you're gonna go ahead and see me shift screens here you now you're actually seeing YouTube on YouTube below YouTube YouTubeception. Um, Colin and Samir they are a creator channel over on YouTube Uh, fantastic they've been growing a ton recently they interview a ton of super popular creators they have this very interesting concept that they think is going to happen and their video is titled uh why mr beast should sell his channel and they talk about this thing called fractional ownership um you know of youtube channels um of music it's and it's very similar to nfts kind in a sense so Um, let's say, or really, I guess any stock or cryptocurrency, how you're able to buy fractional pieces of it. But let's say, for example, Mr. Beast wanted to fund a video. This is where, if you're watching on YouTube right now, you can see what I'm talking about. And he goes ahead and he says, all right, I need $3 million to make this video happen. How am I going to do it? Well, I can get a brand to partner with me for the video, a sponsorship. That's going to be a million dollars of it. T-shirt sales, that's going to be another million. I'll sell some merch, kind of hype up this video. But I can also like crowdfund the other $1 million. But instead of just you giving your creator money, what you're going to do is you're going to pay for a fractional piece of this video. If you divided like the 1000000 million, let's just say, into 100,000 pieces and only 10 people could buy in. Now, since you've contributed $1 million total, you know, those 10 people have each contributed 100000 to the 1 million piece of the pie, and it's 3 million total. That's one third. So each person who paid him $100,000 now owns a tenth of a third, whatever that is, of the video. And so he would then be obligated to give a tenth of a third of the revenue that the video video generates back to those people. So what if that was divided even smaller? And you can make a return on your investment. Imagine um, you know, music creators, they talked about this as well. Um, Nas was coming out with a song, you were able to purchase a piece of that song, and then you were entitled to a chunk of the royalty from that song. Isn't that crazy? I feel like that's such a cool concept, just of you know, in terms of creating and YouTubers and artists, creators in general but imagine if you could you know pick out those people who might be good investments and invest in that YouTube channel let's say you know instead of just a video you have the whole channel imagine buying an up and coming channel and instead of right next to the subscribe button they mention this in the video there's a buy button and you can buy fractional pieces of a YouTube channel and i know i think that's kind of where everything is going like web 3 based and um you know, decentralization. And I'm definitely gonna actually touch on that in a second regarding YouTube, which I think is pretty cool. But just imagine like you could kind of scout out these up and coming YouTubers and get in on the ground floor, you know, purchase a chunk of their channel and you know, that allows them just like investing that allows them so that company, so to speak, to take that money, invest that money, grow their channel, grow their company. And then on the back end, they're going to pay you dividends. Or you're now entitled to a chunk of their revenue from their YouTube channel. Crazy, crazy stuff. I'm going to go ahead and grab a drink here. Hope you don't mind. But I just think like, moving into the future, it's really just the next wave of things that will happen inevitably in the future at some point. All the links, by the way, um, to the things that I am referencing are going to be down below in the description um, or in the description of the podcast as well. So if you want to go ahead and check out like the links or articles, videos that I'm referencing, um, you can definitely go ahead and do so. All right. So moving on, the CEO of YouTube, and I'm going to butcher, I'm just going to call her Miss Susan. I'm not even going to say her last name. Whoa, I don't even know says that YouTube, this site, uh, plans to have Web3 in the future. Now, I think this is extremely interesting. I know other companies um, like Google are hiring for blockchain positions. YouTube's analyzing Web3. Like, there's a lot of stuff going on here. Um, n- not too much mention on the in the article, at least, in regards to... Um, not thinking NFTs, I'm sorry, uh, like the metaverse style stuff. I don't really think that YouTube has a huge play on that at least. Um, but I do think they have a play in regards to Web3 and crypto and non-fungible tokens. Um, and she even mentioned DAOs as well. I think that YouTube kind of staying on the the front line of this is definitely going to be interesting. Um, and she did make some some comments as well um, about their YouTube shorts and their uh, podcast situation. So obviously many podcasts now, including this one, are housed on YouTube. Um, It's a fantastic place to share the video side of your podcast. But for all those people who are, you know, dedicating their YouTube channel to a podcast, it would definitely be interesting to see, you know, maybe you can listen to just the audio version, be able to lock your phone, do things like that. Um, I'd be interested to see where they take podcasting, how they integrate this whole web three thing, and then how they continue to grow shorts. I personally haven't dabbled with shorts. Obviously, if you're on this channel, you know that, um, you know, you don't see any on my channel. I obviously have a TikTok and a Instagram where I share those sort of uh, shorter style videos. But Um, Nothing here on YouTube. I know that's obviously growing. They mention, I think, 1.5 billion views a day. They have over 5 trillion views all time. So that part of the platform is growing. They're going to expand into the podcast version, and they're looking at Web3. Now, bringing up Web3 and YouTube or Google kind of in the same sentence feels a little weird. And the reason for that is there's this whole idea of decentralization that's kind of what web 3 is about like taking away the massive companies and and, you know getting rid of them and really allowing the people or for there to be no centralized authority over anything and so if you have youtube running web 3 how is that all gonna work i don't necessarily know um but i'm going to be interested to kind of sit back and find out i know a lot of you know web 3 has to do with um, the way that you can pay creators and move money and cryptocurrency maybe through the system so maybe there's some type of you know tipping feature or transaction or attention currency or something like that Um, i know that some of those kind of already exist like brave token and things like that or i'm sorry basic attention token um that you can use you know via the brave browser So, I don't know. I think this is all going to be very interesting moving into the future. Um, I think that the the whole sort of maybe using what colin and samir were talking about like the fractionalization of the channels allowing people to invest in channels could definitely be something you could do especially if you know you earn some type of currency or token via watching maybe you can reinvest those back into your channel or to a channel then the creator can use those somehow um i don't know i'm I'm along for the ride i'm going to be here for the long haul on youtube growing financial friends hopefully expanding it um and you know kind of really flourishing here on YouTube so I'm very excited for the future I'm very excited to continue to see what is going to happen now moving away from that a little bit I want to touch on Jim Cramer what he's been saying about IPOs in the stock market so over 2021 an absolute record number of IPOs 1033 IPOs I'm going to go from 2008 to 2020 and I'm going to read you the number of IPOs. So starting in 08 to 2020, we've had 58, 70, 174, 153, 151, 246, 309, 196, 124, 217, 259, 242, and in 2020 there was 471. In 2021 there was 1 thousand and thirty three new ipos um, a majority of them it actually says about 59 percent of them via spac so insane i mean 1033 new listings crazy so what does that matter why is jim kramer talking about it well if you think of the stock market let's just say as a million shares And if you pretend every company, I'm sorry, not the stock market, but if you pretend every company only has 1 million shares available, which this is not the case, but just for purely for example, if you introduce another 1,033, that would be another what? 1,333,000,000, whatever it, or 1,033,000,000, however it works, shares, 1,033,000,000 new shares. And so people's money, which is finite—I'm using air quotes—if you're listening, finite, um, because we've just been pumping money into the economy. But if our currency was finite, we only had a specific amount. Well, now we have to spread it out amongst all of these new companies. And if you're, you know, riding a hype train, let's say on like Rivian or you know, Sofi or any of these new companies that have recently came out. Um, though, actually, I figures, I name the two off the top of my head that I'm invested in. But anyway, you know, Robinhood, um, any of them, you kind of jump in on them while you're getting that money from somewhere. You're diluting something else because you're either not investing in, you know, your blue chip Procter & Gamble, or maybe you're selling off some of your Procter & Gamble to purchase in. or Maybe you're selling off some Apple to purchase in, Microsoft, et cetera, et cetera. So I think this is definitely a valid point. I'm going to move over here to, you know, Uh, mr kramer's sort of opinions or thoughts um you know like he said he a quote from jim kramer was a stock markets like any other market if you get too much inventory place prices will plummet Um, and it makes perfect sense he said that the newly minted stocks and spacks are now killing us it is the excess supply that's dragging down the rest of the market and you know he speaks a bajillion miles an hour. He barely finishes pronouncing any one word, but I feel like he's true, or uh, this is true. Um, you know, He's he's 100% correct in that we are just overriding um, all of these other blue chip and established companies with all these brand new ones, and most of them are not profitable. That's just the honest truth. Um, he recommended, and this is not me recommending to you, but he recommended because he has the ability to um, basically to only buy companies that are making real products that are profitable. And that has been my whole shift. When I first started investing, I didn't know what I was doing. I was really just messing around, buying companies I thought were cool, and I had a large chunk of ETFs. And over 2021, started getting into some new companies, um, but those new companies were blue chip companies. Um, Target, Johnson & Johnson, I'm looking at, well, I own some waste management. I own some 3M. These are, you know, big, massive corporations that have moats um, that are making products or doing services that are profitable. And that's just what I like. I enjoy dividends and watching that compound growth. Um, but that's just me personally. Now, again, this is this week in finance. It's my thoughts on it. I'm going to give you my thoughts on IPOs. IPOs, for anyone who um, is not aware, is an initial public offering where the company is, you know, Being listed on the stock market for the first time whether that's via a spac which is a special purpose acquisition company so it's a you know company that's trading on the stock market but they don't do anything they're just you know crowding up money then they go ahead and they acquire a company um, and it now is on the stock market for the first time that's how sofi did it and then rivian did it via ipo or initial public offering where they just list on the stock market for you know some price and all their shares get bought up. Obviously, insiders, you know, people that work for the company have them, the shares, that is, as well. So my strategy regarding IPOs is basically to stay away from them. I was in SoFi before it turned, IPOE, before it turned into SoFi. Um That one was a little different for me. I had some conviction on the company, had been using the app and the service for a while, and I enjoyed it. So I decided to kind of support the product and support the company um, via my money in the stock market. Rivian was the one IPO that I did get in. Um, I was able to get in pre-IPO using the SoFi app, funny enough. Um, and that was at a price of $78. And I was profitable for a while. I mean, the stock ran up to $114 or so, um, but I would have been penalized by selling. So I decided not to do so, decided not to sell. Um, and I held on and I'm now paying the price a little bit. I think shares hit 54 ish dollars today and I did not see where they finished out. So yes, they plummeted and they dropped, but I'm holding on for the long-term for both of those two. Now, all of these other ones, crazy stories. I mean, Robinhood, you buy in, Robinhood shot up to the moon and now it's falling and it's falling hard. Um, Let's see if I can go ahead here for everyone who is watching on YouTube. I will go ahead and pull up Robinhood stock just so we can kind of get an idea of where it's went. You can see here just in today's chart, the aftermarket down here just plummeting on that terrible, terrible news, which I was going to touch on later, but I'll touch on now. I mean, they lost members over the, or users over the course of this quarter. So um, I'm not sure what Robinhood is up to. Um, it's not necessarily my stock, my company. I don't use the app at all. So I'm not necessarily super familiar with it. Um, I don't really have too many thoughts to give. You could see their three-month chart just all the way down. <laughs> so uh, yeah. Not necessarily sure what is going on there, but I tend to stay away from IPOs. Um, They seem to like to run up right at the beginning, um, and then after that run up, they just fall. No one knows what's going to happen. Everyone can say that they think one thing or the other, but no one knows, and... You know The rates and things like that have been so cheap, companies have been able to borrow money and use that money to grow their company, and that's no longer going to be the case moving forward. That's why a lot of these unprofitable companies are falling, because investors are realizing that they are no longer going to be able to just run up the frenzy of money that's been pumped into the economy, stimulus, etc., is no longer coming like it was. And so people don't have excess money to put into these companies and just grow them. So, I mean, that's why you saw this large influx of IPOs because people had money, companies knew that, they wanna get into the market, they want their stock to go up, they want you know their bank accounts to go up. So that is really that. Um, I'm going to go ahead and take another sip of water before I move on to the last, it looks like the last topic that I have here. All right, so this last topic um, is still continuing actually with that fintech um, in terms of Robinhood and SoFi, and that, is that let's see, UBS went ahead and purchased Wealthfront. I'm sure many of you have heard the Wealthfront advertisements on YouTube or sponsored videos by YouTubers they went ahead and made that purchase for $1.4 billion. I think this is interesting. Um, I think that obviously Wealthfront being you know, not a public company, um, but them just being a service that a lot of people used, a fintech service. We have these massive mergers and acquisitions that are Feeling like they're going to be happening, and it kind of started with Microsoft. Um, I was reading an article. Microsoft obviously purchases Activision Blizzard, and Activision Blizzard and other companies like it. These other tech companies had been falling, 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 falling. And obviously, Google, Apple, Microsoft, these massive, huge, um, you know, big S and P five hundred component stocks. They have a lot of dry cat or dry powder was the term used. They have a lot of cash on them and as valuations of other companies in the markets fall, they're gonna be looking to make some moves and maybe make some mergers and acquisitions. So um, this is kind of one of those examples. Obviously, Wealthfront not being a public company, um, you know, we didn't have their valuation, at least I didn't know it before Obviously, it's $1.4 That's at least what the sale was for. Um, But you have a big Swiss bank like UBS going ahead and making that purchase. What else could we see in this fintech space? Some people have thrown SoFi around, um, you know, that maybe one of these larger banks will look to kind of scoop up SoFi. I don't necessarily think that is going to happen. I think with SoFi getting their bank charter, they want to establish themselves as a financial institution that is going to do right by their members. Um, I don't necessarily think they want to get picked up by like a Chase or Robin or Robin, Hood, I'm sorry, a Chase or a Bank of America um, or anything like that. But we will see. Um, again, a lot of money in the markets, a lot of dry powder. This is going to be interesting. I'm very, very excited to see like what tech companies come in and try and swoop up other ones or if maybe if this happens in other sectors as well. I'm thinking more in the tech space, um, maybe, again, in the fintech space as well. But let me know your thoughts if you're in on YouTube down in the comments. And if you're listening um, via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else, definitely go ahead and comment on one of my Instagram posts what you think is going to be going on in terms of mergers and acquisitions over the course of 2022. I'm pretty excited to just watch and just kick back and watch. So other than that, I don't really have too, too much I did want to mention that Robinhood missed on earnings, and they missed bad. That already kind of came up in my rambling. Apple destroyed earnings um, across the board. Fantastic earnings. The only thing they did not beat on was iPad revenue. Um, they seemed to kind of deprioritize that in terms of you know their products and labor and things that they had ready to go and prioritize like iPhones, Macs, and some other things, their services are something that is just insanity. They make like, I think it was a 25% or more margin, 50%, something like that, crazy margins on their service business. Um, you know, that would be things like iCloud, Apple Music, News Plus, or whatever that service is called. Um, yeah, Apple TV, things like that. So I'm very interested. I think they have some pretty good titles over on Apple TV too. I haven't really dabbled. Let me know down below um, if they do. And then I also wanted to point out some things I'm looking forward to next week are the continuation of earnings. Companies like Google, Meta, PayPal, Spotify, which has been getting some heat recently um, because of the Joe Rogan podcast. I'm just going to leave it there. Um, This is not a political or health podcast show, this is finance. So we're going to leave it at that. Win, Amazon, Ford, GM, Clorox, and Honeywell. Looking forward to a majority of those. Um, Those are just some of the big names that I picked out that are coming in next week. So With everything that has been talked about in this podcast, let me know if you are excited for more this week in finances. I will catch you next Sunday with the news from Thursday to Thursday. So if you enjoyed this podcast, go ahead, leave a like down below. If you enjoyed this podcast and you're listening anywhere else, share it to a friend, let someone know. Come over to YouTube, subscribe, come watch me wave my hands around um, on the screen. I'm going to go ahead and minimize this so we can get back to the main screen here. So this has been This Week in Finance, and I will catch you all next week.